All right, so what is your favorite Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, Christmas Vacation, is that what you said, Amy? What's that? Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Those are awesome. Those are awesome. It's not quite a movie, but I'm, I'm partial to Charlie Brown's Christmas. Um, matter of fact, I, I, I made my girls sit and watch it with me this past week, um, which if you understand getting a three-year-old and a two-year-old to sit through anything um, is a minor miracle. But I told them this is something that daddy used to watch when he was a little boy. So, um, so my oldest was entertained by that, and my youngest just kept asking where the puppy was. And so um, anytime Snoopy came on, she'd pay attention, but other than that, it was a lost cause. But nonetheless, um, we just want to get you in the idea of just sharing with one, getting to know one another, being able to, to build family together as we just talk about this Christmas season, and it means so much to so many different people, and so um, we hope that you enjoyed that. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue um, to do some of those things. Well, we're in a series called Unwrapping Christmas, and we're talking about Advent and the arrival of Christ and what that means. Um, But we want to take each week, and we kind of want to unwrap the gift that God has given us and take some time to look at each one. Last week, if you were here, we unwrapped the gift of hope and what comes from Christmas and gives us in hope. And so this week, we're going to be looking at peace. But before we get there, I'm just curious to know, how many of you um, are, and I'm just taking a survey and a poll, how many of you are the, the meticulous, methodical Christmas gift opener? You know, the one that, that makes sure you put your finger underneath to pop the tape all around and go through, and is anybody here like that? Some of you people are like that, and you make sure it's, and then at the end of it, you fold it up. I'm just curious to know, are you going to use it again? I'm, why are you doing that? I don't, I don't get why you choose to do that. How many of you are more like the Tasmanian devil? Yeah, some of you are just like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I don't know what your tradition is in your home. We have a tradition in my home um, that, that um, the family goes in order by chronological age. And not, not the home I live in. This is my, my parents' home back in Indiana. And um, so the oldest goes first, and then it works its way down to the youngest. And you open one gift at a time, and everybody watches, and then start back over and work your way around, and then start back over. And inevitably, everybody's out of gifts, and my parents are still opening gifts. And so I don't know how that works out, but it does. And I'm glad for them and happy for them and sad for myself, but that's a different issue. But you were the type of family where you watch and you open and so all eyes are on. Does anybody come from a family where it's like Katie bar the door, you just, everybody opens all at the same time and you, anybody do that? Some of you people do that. That's fantastic. That's great. I don't know how you pick and choose. Like, you know, aren't you looking for that one gift and you want to see their reaction? But that's okay. Unwrapping gifts is, is really kind of an art form and it's individual um, to who you are as a person and your personality and your style. And so as we think about unwrapping gifts and as we think about unwrapping Christmas this morning, we're going to look at one of the gifts that God has given us during this season of Christmas. And we're going to take some time to unwrap it and, and hopefully go on a little bit more depth and see what it means for you and I on a daily basis and what it means for us long term in our lives and how we can experience the advent of Christmas, the arrival of Christmas, and all that Christ brought for us as we look at unwrapping Christmas. Like I said, last week we did hope, and next week we'll be looking at joy. And I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be an amazing Sunday as we hear about joy and all the joy that comes through a relationship in Christ and what Christmas brings in the area of joy. But today we're going to look at the idea and the concept of peace. 
peace on earth. And we talked about lighting the candle and the symbolism that it had for peace. But isn't it somewhat ironic that we would be talking about peace in a season like we have right now? And not so much the Christmas season, but more along the lines of what's going on in our world today. You think about the, 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 the tragedy and everything that's gone on around the world as it relates to ISIS and different things. You think of typhoons that are, that are bombarding people that live in other parts of the world. You think about all the, the craziness and the insanity that's going on with the world. And then you think here within our borders, what's happening in, in Ferguson or what's happening in New York City or what's happening in general is there's just an, a feeling of uneasiness. It's interesting and ironic that we would be talking about peace, especially because right now in our world, the way it is, we kind of have this world that's just gone out of whack. It's going off on all these different directions, and it's doing its own thing, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. The world that we live in is just broken. For lack of a better word, the world we live in is broken. And yet somehow, we're going to be talking about peace in the midst of it. So here we live in a broken world. But surely, surely, as we think about the fact that the world we're in is is, is messed up, and I think we would all agree to that, on an individual level, some of our lives are broken. We have broken relationships. We have broken families, broken homes, careers that have fallen apart in the last few years. Finances have gone through the basement. Things have happened in our lives that even our individual lives are broken, not just on a grand scheme. But as we think about it and as we contemplate it, surely this isn't the way it was designed. Surely that a a benevolent God, a, a loving God, a God who cares deeply about people and created people in his own image, surely God didn't create things to be like this. Surely he had a different idea in mind. You don't have to look too far, but to go to the beginning of the book of the Bible, uh, the beginning book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, to see that God had a different plan in mind. That where we are today in the world that we live in is different than the world that he put together at the beginning. Why is that the case? And how can we recapture that kind of peace, that kind of harmony, that kind of unity in our lives? How can we see that with relationships with others? How can we see that in the world's relationships with other people? How can we experience the hope, the peace that God has for us? Well, if you heard the scripture this morning, we heard a prophecy. About 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet prophet Isaiah gave us a kind of a sneak peek into what we could expect and how we could expect the future to be. He says this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And what's the last one? The Prince of Peace. 700 years before Christ was born, the prophet talked about a baby being born. And that this baby would usher in an unprecedented Life and season and world of peace. You see, the Israelites, ever since the first day they set back into the, set their feet back into the promised land, after being exiled in Egypt and being released, after they've come into the promised land, they've experienced nothing but trials and challenges 
and people coming up against them and people attacking them. In the time of Isaiah, they were all captives. And here they are, have been back. And, and at the time of Christ, it was the Roman Empire. And 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah said a prince of peace would be born. That was fulfilled. The night in which Jesus was born in Luke chapter 2, we heard it just a little bit ago. The angels pronounced this. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace on earth. You see, the prophet Isaiah said that the Prince of Peace would coming, and the, the angels pronounced it when Jesus arrived. Peace had finally come to the earth. But if peace had finally come to the earth, why is it still messed up today? Why don't we have world peace? You know, you know every the stereotypical question of if, if you could have one thing for Christmas, what would you have? I'd have world peace. And yet it still hasn't happened, seemingly. What has happened, and, and what does that mean? The Prince of Peace brought peace on earth, but we still may not experience it in our own lives. What comes to mind when you think of the word peace? What comes to mind when you hear the word peace? Do you think of a peaceful demonstration, or do you think of um, two enemies coming together to sign a, a, a truce or to sign a, a peace accord? Different things come to mind when we think about peace. Maybe we, maybe we think about rest. Or maybe we think about just quietness. Maybe we think about a break from the, from the hectic schedule. We all probably have a different idea and a different image of what peace might be. And I bet you're here today, and, and there have been different seasons in your life when you just wished for some peace. I know if you've ever had kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are definitely seasons when you think to yourself, I just wish I could have some peace and quiet. And you know what? The peace I don't need, just give me the quiet, right? But there are all seasons in our lives, and you may be here today, when you're just longing for a period of peace in your life. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And it means, and it, it, it comes up with a mental image of something that's calm and tranquil. Something that doesn't have a lot of waves in it. There's not a lot being upset. The Greek word that we see in the New Testament for the word peace talks about the idea of being unified, being in unity, or being of one accord. And so when we talk about peace, we're talking about a peace that comes from God, a peace that comes through Christ that brings tranquility and, and a sense of completeness and unity. But when we think about God's peace, there's three things we want to look at this morning. The first thing about God's peace is this, is that God's peace doesn't come from this world. God's peace doesn't come from this world. Notice what, what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace, again, this is Jesus speaking, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Whitney read that passage just a little bit ago. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. In one of his last times, he has an opportunity to interact with them before he's betrayed and crucified, before he's resurrected. Jesus is sharing these words with his disciples. In the face of tremendous adversity, knowing what his disciples were about to go through, Jesus shares with them these words. I'm giving you peace. And it's not from this world. It doesn't come from this world. 
Well, that comes in two things. Number one, the peace comes from Christ. And so Christ is not from this world. And so we understand that the peace that comes from Christ clearly can't come from this world. But the other thing and and the other idea and the bigger concept behind this is, is to understand that God's peace you can't find through worldly means. You can't find the peace of God in the books that you read. You can't find the peace of God in the relationships you have. You can't find the peace of God in the products you put in your body, the substances you choose to use. You can't find the peace of God through exercise, through any vehicle, through any other outlet. There's only one place that you can find peace, and that's from Christ. He's the only one because all the other efforts that we do to pursue peace fall apart. We might get a momentary reprieve. There might be a little break. But peace in our lives doesn't come from this world. You can look long. You can look hard. You can search. You can run. You can do as much as you possibly want and can. But you will not find it because it doesn't come from this world. The second thing about God's peace is this, is that it doesn't make any sense. God's peace just doesn't make any sense. The Apostle Paul wrote this in in a letter to the church at Philippi. He says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever met that person that in the midst of incredible conflict, in the midst of horrible trials, There's just a calmness to them. There's just a a sense of of they aren't upset. They don't get worked up. You're a nervous wreck for them. It doesn't even impact you directly, but you're just anxious for them. And And you're worked up all about what they're going through. And you look at them and they're just steady as she goes. And you think to yourself, how can you be like that? Let me be anxious for you. And they just look at you and say, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know how other than my peace comes from Christ and, and, and I, that, that's what I'm anchored to and that's, that's what I'm founded on and, and that's, that's all. That I, and you get a little frustrated because their answer doesn't do any good. But it's a peace that doesn't make any sense. Paul says it surpasses all understanding. Don't try to figure it out because you won't be able to. It comes from Christ. The prophet Isaiah also wrote in another part of his, of, of his book, he wrote that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. So we'll never be able to understand the peace that he offers. Regardless of the circumstances we're going through, Christ offers peace in our lives. No matter how much national unrest there is, peace is available through Christ. No matter how upside down your world is, peace is available through Christ and it just doesn't make any sense, but it's his peace. And the third thing about God's peace is this, is that it doesn't run out. God's peace never runs out. We just read Isaiah 9, 6 a little bit ago, but the verse immediately after it describes the kind of peace. And notice what Isaiah says, of the increase of his government, which is going to be on his shoulders, and of his peace, there will be no end. God's peace never runs out. It is abundant. It is overwhelming. It is readily available. God's peace will never run out. 
A friend of mine used to say this about the circumstances in our lives. He used to say, whatever is over my head. You know, people say, I've had it up to here. I've had it up to here. I've had it up to here. He used to say, whatever is over my head is still under God's feet. Whatever is still overwhelming for me is nothing for him. His peace will never, ever run out. There will be no end to the peace that he offers us. So because of the peace of God, because this peace doesn't come from this world, because it doesn't make any sense, and because it never runs out, what does that mean for us? What does that mean about God's peace as applied to our lives? God brought peace when he brought his son Jesus. We talk about the advent, the arrival, the coming of Christ. And as we look at that and we look back, we celebrate Christmas because of what Christ has done, because of who Christ is. And because of Christmas, we can have this kind of peace that we talk about. Because of the advent of Christ, because he chose to step out of heaven and step down here, we can have that kind of peace. We can have peace with God because of who Christ is. The peace in our lives that perhaps we, we long for the most is peace on a different plane. Just a, a peace that will impact our eternity. You see, you and I, you may not realize this, but there's a point in our lives when you and I are enemies with God. We live our lives in such a way that we rebel against his expectation and his standard. That means we're set against God and that we have become an enemy of God. And just like most situations, two enemies aren't necessarily going to be able to find a path of resolution, a path of peace, unless there's a mediator in between. Christ and his birth, eventually his death, his burial, and his resurrection allows us to have peace with God. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through whom? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have peace with God because of Christmas. We can have peace through God, peace with God through Jesus who came, the Prince of Peace. Peace on earth. You see, we, don't know, we no longer have to be enemies with God. Paul would also write to the church at Ephesus and said that talking about the, the, the flesh of Christ divided this wall of hostility. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says that because of Christ and because of him reconciling all things to himself, he has made peace by the blood of the cross. You see, Jesus allows us to have peace with God. And that peace with God results in a relationship with him. Our Heavenly Father who created us and had a design for us and, and has seen our world broken and fall apart, now there's a way for us to have a relationship with him again. Because he sent Christ to walk amongst us, to be one of us, to be able to relate to us. And we can have that peace. Not only can we have peace with God, but we can also have peace with others. 
broken relationships in our lives and, and enemies in our lives. And you may say, well, we, you, I don't have any enemies. And you may not think so, but there's other people who look at you as an enemy. We can have peace with other people. We can have peace between different cultures and backgrounds. We can have peace between different people because of Christ and because of Christmas. Paul says in, in Romans chapter 12, talking about a new relationship with Christ and what it means to have a relationship with Christ, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And as you think about this, Paul's talking about a relationship with Christ. Once Christ has come into your life, and once you experience that relationship with Christ, in a, sh in a few short verses, after saying, don't copy what the world does, change the way you think about the world functions, instead, choose to follow what Christ would say. Notice what he says in verse 18. He says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Look, you can't control what other people do, but you can control how you react to what other people do. As long as it depends on you, live peaceably with others. We can have peace with other people in our lives, even when we're mistreated, even when people are angry towards us, even when people are evil towards us. We can live at peace with them because of what Christ has done in us and through us. We don't need to think like the world does that says, get even, eye for an eye, make the score settled. We don't have to think like the world. We need to transform the way we think and instead think like Christ, who even in the midst of being crucified for crimes he did not commit, showed mercy and grace to those who killed him. We need to be able to live peaceably with others as long as it's within our power to do so. So because of Christmas, we can have peace with God, we can have peace with others, but we can also have peace with ourselves. Peace with ourselves. And perhaps for some of you who are here today, this is where you struggle most. You beat yourself up, you get frustrated with yourself. And what are the things in our lives that cause us to not have peace in our own souls, and our own minds? Doubt unbelief, worry, anxiety, maybe guilt. Sin in our lives has created conflict. All these things add up. All these things we take upon ourselves and all these things we choose to, to, to carry on our own. But Jesus tells us to bring all of our burdens to him. And in him we can find rest. So because of what Christ has done and because of Christmas, we no longer have to tear ourselves up. We no longer have to you talk about <clears throat> the bad things in our lives. We no longer have to be concentrated and focused on the awfulness of who I am. You've heard the phrase, we, you are your own worst enemy. You don't have to be an enemy with yourself at all anymore because you can have peace with yourself because of who Christ is. 
is. Because of what he's done. So if you're here today and you long for peace and you're here today and you're looking for for peace, let me just tell you, you can have peace with God. You can have peace with others. You can have peace with yourself because of Christmas. Because of Christmas, you can have the peace that surpasses all understanding. On the back side of your notes there is a, a little bit of a diagram. It looks like that. It's the start of what we have over here on the board. You see, because of the gospel, we can have peace in our lives. The gospel is the story of Jesus Christ, how he was born of a virgin in a manger, how he lived a sinless life, how he was handed over to to the Romans to be executed. You know, from a humanistic perspective, he committed no crimes and and, and he he was doomed by, by, by the Pharisees to die. But we know, spiritually speaking, there was a bigger purpose in all of it. And as he was crucified and then buried in a borrowed tomb and rose again three days later, we can have a relationship with Christ if we believe, if we repent. You see, the gospel's not just about getting us into heaven. The gospel's not just about eternal life. The gospel is about everyday living because of who Christ is and because of what he's done. You see, we live in a broken world. This was God's design. This is what he had in mind. But we live in a broken world because of what we did, because of what Adam and Eve did, because they chose to to break the standard that God had. And that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Paul says, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I are born in a state of just depravity. And that's why we have a broken world. That's why there's stuff going on in our nation. That's why there's stuff going on in our lives. That's why we live in a broken world. And you can say, well, it's the system, and it's this, and it's that, and they hurt me, and they did this, and all these different things. But all those things find their root in the problem of sin. But because of Christmas, but because of Christmas, we can have peace if we choose to repent and believe. If we choose to say, I'm not going to live in a broken state. I'm not going to pursue my own selfish ambition. I'm not going to pursue what I think is best, but instead I'm going to turn my back, which is what means to repent. You turn 180 degrees from whatever direction you're going, and you turn to Christ. And you choose to say, because I believe in Jesus and who he is, I give up all this that's behind, and I turn to Christ. If you repent and give up everything you know and turn to Christ and place your faith and your hope in him, then you can embrace what Christmas is all about. Then you can embrace the peace that comes through Christmas. And once you have that, then then you begin the path back to restore and pursue God's design. 
You can begin to have what God originally intended to have in a relationship with you. You can go back to where the walls are broken down so you can now have this relationship with God. What he created in the garden, what his intent was, and everything that he has for you, you can now have as you've turned to him. You can begin to pursue his design for your life and all that he has for you and all that he wants in you because of the peace that he offers. No longer are we enemies with God. No longer are we enemies with others. No longer do we need to be enemies with ourselves. But we can choose to embrace the design and the plan that he has for us. This season, are you looking for peace? Do you need peace with God? Do you need peace with others? Maybe you're here and you just need peace with yourself. Let me just tell you, Jesus offers that. The advent, the arrival of Christ, Christ brought peace to the world. You see, Christmas brings peace to our lives. And today, I want to extend an opportunity for you to experience that kind of peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that never runs out. The peace that comes only from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me this morning? Just out of respect for the moment, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you've never heard this message of the gospel, you've never heard what Christmas is all about, I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you know and understand that you can have peace in your life today. Maybe you've heard that message before, but you've just chosen to resist it. My hope and desire and prayer is that today would be the day that you choose to turn your back on the world and turn to a life with Christ. That you would believe that he is who he says he is and that he does what he says he does. And that you would place your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you want to do that, and you want to express your faith to God, just quietly in the stillness of your heart, just say something along the lines of, God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. God, I believe that Jesus came so that I could have eternal life. I believe that Jesus died for me. I give my life to him. Help me to live for you. Maybe you're here today and you've prayed something similar to that. It's not the magic of the words, but it's the intent of the heart. And maybe you've lost focus of that peace. You've lost focus of, of what that means on a daily basis and what it means for your life. Just take some time to ask God to give you that peace once again. To be able to experience the peace that comes through Christmas. No matter how crazy and hectic the holidays get, no matter how short we may get with our attitudes and relationships with others, no matter how out of whack the world around us gets, ask God to give us peace during this season.
Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for the Advent and for your arrival. God, I thank you for the peace that we can have. And God, there are times when, when I know that I fail and I'm living in a, in a messed up world and a crazy place and I just forget that I don't have to be that way because of Christmas. I don't have to be that way because of the peace that comes from you. God, help me to remember that. God, help me to live a life of peace. And Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.